We talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sins. This is episode 47, Doctrine and Covenants 137 through 138, The Vision of the Redemption of the Dead. We're studying it November 28th through December 5th. I liked the teaching tip. In the primary manual this week, it says encourage reverence. Help the children understand that an important part of reverence is thinking about Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. You might remind the children to be reverent by quietly singing or humming a primary song or displaying a picture of Jesus. This is a hard one for me as a mom. Trying to encourage reverence in my home is so tricky. And I appreciate that my kids learn the song Reverence is Love this year in primary, but it's tricky. I feel like it's so hard (laughs) to get your kids to be reverent. I, scriptures and prayers at our home are so hard. It's so tricky. And family home evening is often a wrestle. It's literally (laughs) with our children because it's like, as soon as we say the words family home evening or scriptures, they think that it's time to bring out the terrors because It's really hard. So practicing, maybe singing a song to invite the Spirit. Um, What other things do you guys do? I'm curious because I feel like I've tried some of these things and they kind of backfire. But I think we'll just have to keep working and try to work. um, Hopefully have a good example for my kids as we um, do our best to parent and to invite the Spirit to be in our home. Alright, the background for this week's lesson, um, I really liked the kind of summary in the Individuals and Families Manual. It says, the, Re- the revelations recorded in Doctrine and Covenants 137 and 138 are separated by more than 80 years and 1,500 miles. Section 137 was received by the Prophet Joseph Smith in 1836 in the unfinished Kirtland Temple. And section 138 was received by Joseph F. Smith, 6th President of the Church in 1918 in Salt Lake City. But doctrinally, these two visions belong side by side. They both answer questions about the destiny of God's children in the next life. And both take on added depth of meaning when we consider the life experiences of the prophets who received them. Um, I really enjoyed studying this lesson. And of course, I studied it on Thanksgiving. So my Thanksgiving was just so full of gratitude for God's love and mercy and the plan of salvation. And um, just what a blessing it is that we have the knowledge that we do. And um, I hope you get the feel for the spirit I felt as I studied these last, these two sections. The first section is called God has given me a way to be with my family forever. So in a vision, Joseph Smith saw his family together in the celestial kingdom. And it's good to, to think about how we can use this vision that Joseph had to teach about how our families can be together. How does this help children understand that? 
So you can start by showing a picture of someone in your family and talk about how much you want to be with them in the celestial kingdom. Um, it could be someone that's already passed on or just someone that you really love. Explain to the children that Joseph's brother, Alvin, died um, when he was fairly young and Joseph was very sad. It was really hard for Joseph to lose his brother. Um, this is before, so Alvin died. Um, Joseph was in his teens still. I don't remember exactly how old he was, but he had already had the vision about from Moroni and had seen the gold plates, but he hadn't gotten them yet. He hadn't obtained them. So we know it was, he was, you know, fairly young still. And Alvin was very, he told Joseph to do everything in his power to, to obtain the plates. Doctrine and Covenants, 137, and this is verses 1 through 5. So to have the kids, you can tell them to listen um, for who Joseph Smith saw in his vision. And um, that's mostly in verse 1 and verse 5. But I wanted to read all five together because we're going to talk about the rest in just a minute. It says, The heavens were opened upon us, and I beheld the celestial kingdom of God, and the glory thereof, whether in the body or out, I cannot tell. I saw the transcendent beauty of the gate through which the heirs of that kingdom will enter, which was like unto circling flames of fire. Also the blazing throne of God, whereon was seated the Father and the Son. I saw the beautiful streets of that kingdom, which had the appearance of being paved with gold. I saw Father Abraham, sorry, I saw Father Adam and Abraham, and my father and my mother, my brother Alvin, that has long since slept. So, have the children stretch their arms wide to show how much they love their families, and then ask them to share why they want to be with their family in the celestial kingdom. And then use those scriptures we just read to talk about other details about the celestial kingdom. Um, I'm going to talk about who was there. So, Heavenly Father and Jesus, Joseph's parents, and Alvin. Um, on the activity page, it has a picture of all of those people. And then next to it, it has another empty space that's heavenly looking. And it wants you, or have the kids, draw a picture of themselves and their family or whoever they want to be in the celestial kingdom with preferably their family, um, in that place, um, on the page. Um, or you can just have the kids draw a picture of what they imagine the social kingdom would be like based on those verses. So this is kind of, you know, step by step as for, um, you know, levels of how much you want the kids to really comprehend and think about what they're learning. So probably for the youngest kids, they're focusing on family will be with me in heaven. A little bit older kids, they can maybe think about other aspects of it. Like Joseph saw the gates and he saw the throne and he saw the, the streets that looked like they were paved with gold. And he saw Adam and Abraham and um, you can, they can draw some of that stuff if you want to um, have them be more independent. In the friend, it suggests that they use words to describe what they think the celestial kingdom would be like. Um, so you could take turns saying words. I think that's a really another good way. Um, drawing is really kinesthetic and hands-on for some kids, but 
I've noticed that a lot of kids get really tired of drawing pictures in primary <laughs> because well, that happens a lot. And so for some kids, it might be better to write words or say words. Um, maybe they want to explain what they think it would be like or, you know, write a poem about being in there with their family forever. Just think of outside the box for some of these kids who just maybe don't want to draw or maybe just need something different. Um, and the individuals and families manual says, invite your family to draw what they think the celestial kingdom might look like based on these verses. What do you find in these verses that helps you look forward to living there? What are we doing now to prepare to live in the celestial kingdom with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ? So, next kind of thing to talk about with the kids is how might Joseph Smith have felt when he saw members of his family in the celestial kingdom? Well, up to this point, if you remember when Joseph was um, investigating the other churches and talking to ministers, and then he's had the first vision, he shared with people what he saw, he was persecuted, um, and he was, when Alvin got sick, he was told that Alvin would be damned because he was not baptized, and that worried Joseph that his brother, who was a good person, would not get to be in heaven because he hadn't been baptized. And Joseph, having this vision and seeing this family together in heaven, I think brought a lot of peace and a lot of hope. And I think it helped him come to terms with what we know about our Heavenly Father. He's not going to let people who didn't have an opportunity to be baptized, he's not going to curse them for that. Um... He's definitely going to give them opportunities to accept the gospel in the next life. So I think it's important to embrace that idea of um, mercy and hope and excitement. I'm excited that I get to be with my family forever. In the Individuals and Families Manual, it suggests watching a video called Ministry of Joseph Smith Temples. And it talks about this um, in it. So you could also talk to someone that you know. Um, I'm sorry, you talk about someone. You can't talk to them. I was confused for a minute <laughs> with my notes. You can't talk to someone who's died, but you can talk about someone who died without the chance to be baptized. Um, so you can ask, what does Doctrine and Covenants teach us about people who um, ha did not have the opportunity to be baptized, but wish to be. Um, let's pull up. We're going to read verses 5 through 10. I saw Father Adam and Abraham and my father and my mother, my brother Alvin, that has long since slept, and marveled how it was that he had obtained an inheritance in that kingdom seeing that he had departed this life before the Lord had set his hand to gather Israel the second time, and had not been baptized for the remission of sins. Thus came the voice of the Lord unto me, saying, All who have died without a knowledge of this gospel, who would have received it if they had been permitted to tarry, shall be heirs of the celestial kingdom of God. Also all that shall die henceforth without a knowledge of it, who would have received it with all their hearts, shall be heirs of that kingdom. For I, the Lord, will judge all men according to their works, according to the desire of their hearts. And I also beheld that all children who die before they arrive at the years of accountability 
are saved in the celestial kingdom of heaven. So another thing to do this week is to talk about or sing the song, Families Can Be Together Forever. You could also show a video on the church's website that Families Can Be Together Forever and talk to the kids about what that teaches, uh, how our families can be eternal and how that makes them feel. Um, in the individuals and families, the heading for this section is every soul will have the opportunity to choose celestial glory. And I loved the phrasing of that. It's still a choice. People in the next life will still get to choose whether or not to accept the gospel. But they will also all have the opportunity to. And in the Individual and Families Manual, under that heading, it says, As you read section 137, ponder what you learn about Heavenly Father and His plan of salvation and the celestial kingdom. In verse 9, it says, For I, the Lord, will judge all men according to their works, according to the desire of their hearts. And I just want to emphasize that the Lord has prepared a way for all of His children to return to Him. It is up to us to make those choices and to turn our hearts to Him and and to give him our sins and the things that make us unclean so that we can be with him. He's given that opportunity to every person. Sometimes, do you ever like look around you in like a store or right restaurant, you know, somewhere where it's like crowded, and you just look at the variety of people around you? Sometimes when I do that, The Spirit will just hit me so strong that all of these people surrounding me are children of our Heavenly Father, and He loves them so much. It's sometimes, like, painful to see, see them after having had that thought and see them making a choice. You're like, well, you obviously don't understand who you are and how much... God loves you. But when I read these verses and I learn about God's plan, it just emphasizes how much He loves His children. And I know that He wants everyone to return home and to be with Him again. Alright, the next section is called, The Holy Ghost Can Help Me Understand the Scriptures. So, I know, especially for kids, scriptures are super hard to understand. Even as an adult, they can be really hard. So, we're going to teach the children that the Holy Ghost can help us open the eyes of our understanding, which is from verse 11 of 138. In the Individuals and Families Manual, says, Sometimes revelation comes even though we do not seek it, but more often... It comes because we diligently search and prepare for it. So, to start talking about this revelation, you can show a picture of President Joseph F. Smith. He was the sixth president of the church. And it might be kind of cool to kind of talk a little bit about him. He was the son of Hiram Smith. Kind of a cool background story about him. <laughs> um, Joseph... F was the baby that Mary Fielding brought to Liberty Jail 
she he was born Joseph F. Smith was born while Hiram was in Liberty Jail, and Mary and Emma came to visit Joseph and Hiram while they were in Liberty Jail, and Hiram got to meet his son while he was in prison, and that son was Joseph F. Smith. Joseph F. was five years old when Hiram was killed, and then he, um, just a few years later, um, he was seven going on eight when they started west, and he helped his mother uh, drive the wagon as they crossed the plains. Um, kind of some cool things about his life. So, um, kind of sets up, maybe helps the kids connect a little bit more. Because this is someone they've, they've seen, heard, you know, heard about or whatever. It's Joseph Smith's nephew, who was a prophet of our church. One day, he was reading the scriptures, and he was pondering on them, and thinking about what they meant. As you read Doctrine and Covenants 138, verses 6 and 11, have the kids pretend that they are President Smith and do actions that go along with the words. I open the Bible, so you can do like a Bible book with your hands. And I read the third and fourth chapters of the first epistle of Peter. So you can have an action that shows reading. <clears throat> As I read, I was greatly impressed. So maybe, wow, right? A surprised face or an impressed face. <laughs> more than I had ever been before, with the following passages. And then verse 11. As I pondered over these things, so maybe a thinking, pondering. As I pondered over these things which are written, the eyes of my understanding were opened. Maybe open your eyes or, you know, help the kids see that he understood it. Um, and the Spirit of the Lord rested upon me, and I saw the hosts of the dead, both small and great. So you can have the children read Doctrine and Covenants 138 verses 1 through 11. This is probably for the older kids. <laughs> have them write a one-sentence summary of President Smith's experience. What did he do that led to his remarkable vision? And what does it mean to reflect or ponder on the scriptures? And this is a really great discussion to have. It's one thing to read the scriptures. It's another thing to understand what you're reading to an extent, like comprehending what the words mean. It's another to think about what they're reading and see the, the like the symbolism and the, the there's just so much depth in the scriptures, and that's one thing I've always loved about them, and also been frustrated by because it's just so deep and so it takes a lot of thought to understand all that the Lord has for us in the scriptures. So we're teaching the children how to study the scriptures. Hopefully they learn at a young age how to go about doing this so that they become easier for them to understand. So in Individuals and Families Manual, it says, what changes can you make to your scripture study to allow for more pondering over the scriptures and more reflecting upon the Savior's great atoning sacrifice? I really liked this question because it made me ponder and to reflect on my own personal life, and I am guilty, even though I'm doing this podcast, I'm very guilty of just reading the passages and, you know, reading the the manual and what goes with it, and not sitting and pondering the actual verses and thinking about what they mean and the deeper implications and, and what the Lord wants me to learn from them. So I definitely can do better 
taking the time to learn for myself and not just preparing for the podcast and what you guys need to hear. I think sometimes I need to focus more on what I need to hear. Um, and by doing that, I need to spend more time praying and probably writing in my journal. <laughs> I was really good about having a scripture journal and writing as I went, but life gets crazy and hard. And so I focused more on the podcast and not on my personal study as much. And I need to do better and get back to it. Um, so another thing I invite you to do is to talk to the children about when you've had an experience when you pondered something in the scriptures and the Holy Ghost helped you understand it. And I was thinking about it and I I don't have like a specific, like that one time that was so amazing. Um, I have lots of little, like, that I remember. Um, I went through a period when after I graduated from college, um, before I got married, when I just really studied by topic, when I found a topic that I really wanted to understand and even grow, grow in, um, I think I studied hope and I studied faith. I studied charity. Um, I think I studied sacrifice. I studied patience. I think I mostly went through like the savior's attributes from, um, the, um, preach my gospel manual. And studying Preach My Gospel really, really helped me ponder and think about what I was reading. And uh, that really helped me understand as I jumped from verse to verse to really understand the topic and what the Lord meant by it and how that can fit better into my life and how I can improve. I know that when I use the footnotes and I use Guide to the Scriptures, if I... Um, a lot, I've really appreciated the Come Follow Me manual where it has revelations in context and we can read it with the saints so we understand a lot more of the background and the context. That has really, really deepened and strengthened my, my um, understanding of the Doctrine and Covenants this year. It's been such a huge blessing to study those things all together. Um, so, there you go. There's my experiences. <laughs> Hopefully that just gets the juices flowing so you have something you can share with your own family or your primary class. So you can also have the children share times that they have understood the scriptures. Um, maybe invite them and have you do pray when you read the scriptures. Do you think about what you're reading? Um, and invite them to share if they've had experiences because some kids have and their experiences are powerful. And I love to hear these little people who are sometimes more <laughs> better at this than I am. So Ask the children what they do when they have questions about the gospel. You can share examples from the scriptures or your own life when pondering the scriptures brought understanding from the spirit. So the first example it suggested in the scriptures was Nephi. So this is 1st Nephi 11 and it's when Joseph, or sorry, when Nephi is praying to understand his father's vision. If you remember that. So Lehi has the vision of the tree of life. And Nephi wants to understand what his father saw. And so he prays. And then Nephi receives a vision. I like verse 1. It says, For it came to pass after I had desired to know the things that my father had seen, and believing that the Lord was able to make them known unto me, as I sat pondering in mine heart, I was caught away in the Spirit of the Lord. 
So he desired, he believed, and he pondered, and he prayed, and he received an explanation. He also saw the birth of Christ, and he saw the, the destruction of his people. He also saw our day. Is that powerful that by going to the Lord and asking questions, you received an answer? Can I point out that like almost every single revelation that Joseph Smith had was him praying with a question. He asked Heavenly Father a question and Heavenly Father poured, poured, dumped all of this knowledge onto him. Sometimes for a very simple question. And I know that the Lord wants to give us knowledge. And we have so many opportunities. And it's easy to obtain that knowledge because it's in the scriptures. The Lord has already revealed so much to us. And I know it's sometimes hard to understand, but he will let us understand when we pray as we read his revelations. Alright, so Doctrine and Covenants 76 is another example of someone um, receiving answers to their questions. So this is Joseph Smith and Sidney Rigdon when they were in the Kirtland Temple. It says, And while we meditated upon these things, the Lord touched the eyes of our understandings, and they were opened, and the glory of the Lord shone round about. And we beheld the glory of the Son on the right hand of the Father, and re received of his fullness, and saw the angels and them who are sanctified before his throne, worshiping God and the Lamb, who worship him forever and ever. And now, after the testimonies which we have given, after the many testimonies which have been given of him, this is the testimony, last of all, which we give of him, that he lives, for we saw him even on the right hand of God. All of that started with, while we meditated upon these things. I love that. And then Joseph Smith history, of course, when he was so torn about which church to join, and he was seeking light. And he was reading in James. Chapter 1, verse 5. Says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. And Joseph says, Never did any passage of scripture come with more power to the heart of man than this did at this time to mine. It seemed to enter with great force into every feeling of my heart. I reflected on it again and again knowing that if any person needed wisdom from God, I did. For how it act, I did not know. And unless I could get more wisdom than I then had, I would never know. For the teachers of religion of the different sects understood the same passages of Scripture so differently as to destroy all confidence in settling the question by an appeal to the Bible. So, our church came about because someone asked a question. And sought an answer in the scriptures and prayed about it. All right. I love this quote. I've heard this quote before and I've always, I mean, ever since I heard it, I've loved it. So I, and I, it came up in the individuals and families manual and I wanted to share it again. This is from president David O. McKay. He called meditation one of the most sacred doors through which we pass into the presence of the Lord. I've tried to spend more time learning how to properly meditate. And of course, meditation for me often involves prayer. I kind of speak to my Heavenly Father as I process. 
but it can be just quiet and calming of your mind and letting the peace of the Spirit enter into your heart as you think about your questions and your life and just everything, <laughs> right? Or you don't think about anything and you just clear your mind and allow God to just speak to you. Um, have you done some guided meditation before? I I really like doing guided meditations. Um, sometimes you have to start small and just do like a five minute one and then you can increase and do longer and longer ones. But they're, they can be really powerful and I've actually had experiences that after having done a meditation and then reading my scriptures has been really powerful because I feel like it opens my mind up and clears, it just helps me kind of clear away some of the baggage that sometimes weighs on me while I'm trying to study. Um, of course, the time that I was most successful with this is like <laughs> when I was like visiting my parents once and uh, my parents were watching the kids. And I'm like, I'm going to go do some scripture study. And they were like, all right, have a great time. We'll watch your children. Um, and another time that I had a great experience with this was when I was in Hawaii and I didn't have my children with me. So I keep thinking, really, the secret to good meditation and scripture study is to find a way to do it without the distraction of the kids all the time. If you can let me know if you have a great system in your home, let me know, because I have yet to find one. I have gone through phases of my life where I'll find a little time that will work for like Maybe for like two or three weeks it works really well and then my life gets turned upside down and it doesn't work anymore. So I guess that's what happens as your kids grow and get older. They just, your life changes as their lives change. So maybe someday I'll have the perfect way to study my scriptures. All right. Also in the Individuals and Families Manual it says the vision of the redemption of the dead um, is... Um, the talk, sorry, the talk, it's a talk by President Russell M. M. Russell Ballard that he gave in um, October of 2018. And it suggested other ways that President Smith was prepared to receive this revelation. Now this stuff, I mean, it's up to you if you want to share some of this stuff with your kids. I liked learning it because I think it helped me have a better understanding of Joseph F. Smith's life and the trials he endured, but because of those trials, we received this revelation. And um, it really refined him and purified him into being able to receive this. And um, it pushed him, the experiences he had in his life, it pushed him to ask these questions. So, like I was telling you earlier, his father and his uncle, so Hiram and Joseph, were murdered when Joseph F. Smith was five years old. When he was seven, going on eight, they left Nauvoo, and he helped drive the ox team across the plains. When they got to Salt Lake, when he was 13 years old, his mother died. And then when he was 15 years old, he was called on a mission he went to Hawaii and he served there for for three years. And then he came home and got married and um, 
eventually went on two more missions after that. He was ordained an apostle when he was 27. And his first daughter, her name was Mercy Josephine, she died at the age of two and a half. And in his journal wrote, It is one month yesterday since my darling Josephine died. Oh, that I could have saved her to grow up to womanhood. I miss her every day, and I am lonely. God, forgive my weakness if it is wrong to love my little ones as I love them. During Joseph F. Smith's lifetime, he lost his father, his mother, one brother, two sisters, two wives, and 13 children. He was well acquainted with sorrow and losing loved ones. And just prior to this revelation was World War One. And in that war, 20 million people died. And then around this time was the flu pandemic. Uh, so this is 1918. So this is the Spanish influenza pandemic. And uh, with that pandemic, 100 million people died. And all of these deaths weighed on this man. He had a really, really hard time with so many of these people that he loved so dearly passing on. So on October 3rd, 1918, having experienced intense sorrow over the millions who had died in the world through the war and disease, as well as the deaths of his own family members, President Smith received the heavenly revelation known as the vision of the redemption of the dead. So knowing this, knowing all of these things that he's gone through. Do you ever consider that the experiences that we go through in this life are to prepare us, to refine us, to prepare and open our hearts to be a place where God's seeds can grow <clears throat> and where we are humble and meek enough to learn from our Heavenly Father. So, going back to the kids and what the kids will um, probably get um, or latch onto is singing a song about um, scripture study. And of course, the one it suggests is search, ponder, and pray. So, what does this song say that we should do to understand the scriptures? So, this is um, a great. Um, a song that teaches all about the things that we can do to have the spirit with us. And I'm um, sorry, I'm looking up the song because I, I didn't have it pulled up. I wanted to. Um, I wanted to read it to you. I love to read the Holy Scriptures. And every time I do. I feel the Spirit start to grow within my heart, a testimony that they're true. Search, ponder, and pray are the things that I must do. The Spirit will guide, and deep inside I know the Scriptures are true. So prayerfully I'll read the Scriptures, each day my whole life through. I'll come to understand, I'll heed the Lord's command, and live as He would have me do. Search, ponder, and pray are the things that I must do. The Spirit will guide, and deep inside I'll know the Scriptures are true. 
So what does this song teach about what we can do to understand the scriptures? Well, we know we have to read the scriptures. We need to have the spirit with us. We need to search them. So look and try to find answers in the scriptures. Ponder on the things you're learning. Pray about them. Heed the Lord's command. Try to live your life the way the Lord has asked us to live. And that will keep refining us to receive more and more guidance and revelation from our Heavenly Father. Alright, the last section is called, All of Heavenly Father's Children Will Have the Chance to Hear the Gospel. So, Joseph Smith learned that the work of preaching the gospel continues in the spirit world. This work ensures that everyone will have a chance to accept the gospel. President Russell M. Nelson taught, Our message to the world is simple and sincere. We invite all of God's children on both sides of the veil to come unto their Savior, receive the blessings of the Holy Temple, have enduring joy, and qualify for eternal life. Sometimes revelation comes even though we do not seek it, but more often it comes because we diligently search and prepare for it. So it says you can show a picture of a tomb, um, and or you can draw a picture of the tomb, for the kids to look at and talk about the Savior and where his body went. After his body um, was put in the tomb and his spirit was not with his body, what was his spirit doing? Um, so you can talk about he went to the spirit world. Um, and it talks about that in this section 138. So have them... As you're reading these verses, have them listen to um, who Jesus visited, how they felt, and what he asked them to do. So this is verses 18, 19, 23, 24, 27, 28, 29, and 30. <laughs> All right, it says, While this vast multitude waited and conversed, rejoicing in the hour of their deliverance from the chains of death, the Son of God appeared declaring liberty to the captives who had been faithful. And there he preached to them the everlasting gospel, the doctrine of the resurrection and the redemption of mankind from the fall, and from individual sins on conditions of repentance. And the saints rejoiced in the redemption and bowed the knee and acknowledged the Son of God as their Redeemer and Deliverer from death and the chains of hell. Their countenances shone, and the radiance from the presence of the Lord rested upon them, and they sang praises unto his holy name. But his ministry among those who were dead was limited to the brief time intervening between the crucifixion and his resurrection. And I wondered at the words of Peter, wherein he said that the Son of God preached unto the spirits in prison, who sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, and how it was possible for him to preach to those spirits and perform the necessary labor among them in so short a time. And as I wondered, my eyes were opened, and my understanding quickened, and I perceived that the Lord went not in person among the wicked and the disobedient who had rejected the truth to teach them. But behold, from among the righteous, he organized his forces and appointed messengers clothed with power and authority and commissioned them to go forth and carry the light of the gospel to them that were in darkness, even to all the spirits of men. And thus was the gospel preached to the dead. Sorry. It's just so powerful. Don't you love the scriptures? Oh, man. Okay. I don't have enough tissues today. 
<laughs> so who did Jesus visit? So he visited the people who were faithful who had died. And how did they feel? Well, <laughs> they, um, they rejoiced, right? Let's see. Their countenances shone, and the radiance from the presence of the Lord rested upon them, and they sang praises unto his holy name. Isn't that beautiful? So what did he ask them to do? He asked them to teach those who did not have the chance to learn the gospel while they were on the earth. So, in the friend, it suggests that you could sing the song, Did Jesus Really Live Again? Because this is talking and teaching us about what Jesus did after he died, and that his body was resurrected, and that we all have that chance to be so as well. In the Individuals and Families Manual, it says, What does Doctrine and Covenants 138, 12-24 teach about the people that the Savior visited in the spirit world? What blessings did they receive, and what do we learn from their example? So let's read um, some of those verses, not all of them. So I'm going to start with 12. And they were and there were gathered together in one place an innumerable company of the spirits of the just, who had been faithful in the testimony of Jesus while they lived in mortality, and who had offered sacrifice in the similitude of the great sacrifice of the Son of God, and had suffered tribulation in their Redeemer's name. All these had departed the mortal life, firm in the hope of a glorious resurrection through the grace of God the Father and His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. I beheld that they were filled with joy and gladness and were rejoicing together because the day of their deliverance was at hand. They were assembled, awaiting the advent of the Son of God into the spirit world to declare their redemption from the bands of death. Their sleeping dust was to be restored unto its perfect frame bone to his bone, and the sinews of the flesh upon them, the spirit and the body to be united, never again to be divided, that they might receive a fullness of joy. While this vast multitude waited and conversed, rejoicing in the hour of their deliverance from the chains of death, the Son of God appeared, declaring liberty to the captives who had been faithful. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> so another thing you can do right on the board... Um, some verses from section 138. And then in different order, you can write statements that summarize each of the verses and then have the kids match them as they're studying the, ver the section. So, for example, it could be like verses 12 through 16. And then the phrase that could go with those is, the righteous spirits gather to wait for Jesus to appear. And then verses 18 through 19 it could say, the Savior appears to the righteous spirits. And then verses 29 through 30, the phrase that could go with that is Jesus appoints messengers to preach the gospel. And then verses 31 through 35, it could say the righteous spirits preach the gospel. You can come up with your own phrases. You could narrow it down and do, you know, kind of break it into smaller clumps if you want more or combine them if you feel like you need less. Um, kind of make it work for you and your group. So, as they're doing this, ask them what they're learning from those verses. Um, especially as we talk about, what does that mean? Like, why did Jesus ask these people to be messengers to 
other people in the spirit world. Um, and you could talk about them being missionaries. In Elder Ballard's talk, he, it's just so good. Like, I was so excited that it referred to this talk because it's a good, good talk. He said, he must have been inspired and comforted to know that all spirits retain the likeness of their mortal body and that they are anxiously awaiting the day of their promised resurrection. The vision revealed more fully the depth and breadth of Heavenly Father's plan for his children and Christ's redeeming love and the matchless power of his atonement. On this special 100th anniversary, I invite you to thoroughly and thoughtfully read this revelation. As you do so, may the Lord bless you to more fully understand and appreciate God's love and his plan of salvation and happiness for his children. I testify that the vision President Joseph F. Smith received is true. I bear witness that every person can read it and come to know it is true. Those who do not receive this knowledge in this life will surely come to know it. It's truthfulness when everyone will arrive in the spirit world. There all will love and praise God and the Lord Jesus Christ for the great plan of salvation and the blessing of the promised resurrection when body and spirit will once again be reunited, never to be separated again. And just kind of a side note, when Elder Ballard gave this talk, it was just like a few days after his wife had passed away. So it was very meaningful and poignant to him to talk about those that we love who have passed on. So if you get a chance, listen or read that talk. Because it will help you more fully appreciate the blessing of this revelation and what it teaches us. And the Individuals and Families Manual says maybe your family could make a list of your ancestors who are in the spirit world along with details about their lives. In the friend, it suggests telling a story about a family member or friend who has died and drawing a picture of them and helping the kids learn or say, I will be with my loved ones again. You could also show a picture of missionaries and talk about what missionaries do and teach them that sometimes missionaries are on the other side of the veil and probably doing the same thing as missionaries on this side, teaching about Jesus Christ. In Doctrine and Covenants 138, verses 31 through 34, it says, And the chosen messengers went forth to declare the acceptable day of the Lord and proclaim liberty to the captives who were bound, even unto all who would repent of their sins and receive the gospel. Thus was the gospel preached to those who had died in their sins without a knowledge of the truth or in transgression, having rejected the prophets. These were taught faith in God, repentance from sin, vicarious baptism for the remission of sins, the gift of the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands and all other principles of the gospel that were necessary for them to know in order to qualify themselves that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. So explain, just as there are missionaries on earth, there are missionaries in the spirit world who teach the people that are there and have the kids maybe... Uh, you could look in verse 33 to find out what principles of the gospel that are taught to the spirits of the dead. You can have someone else look up article of faith, verse um, number four, and compare the two. So it, um, verse 33 says, These were taught faith in God, repentance from sin, vicarious baptism for the remission of sins, the gift of the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands. And in article of faith four, it says, We believe that the first principles and ordinances of the gospel are, First, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Second, repentance. Third, baptism by immersion for the remission of sins. 
Fourth, the laying on of hands for the gift of the Holy Ghost. They are almost identical, except that the baptism must be vicarious because they no longer have a body. Um, another talk that was referenced is by Down H. Oaks called Trust in the Lord. And this one, he talks a lot about the spirit world. And I wanted to read a little bit that he says. He says, Modern revelation reveals that the work of salvation goes forward in the spirit world. And although we are urged not to procrastinate our repentance during mortality, our repentance during mortality, we are taught that some repentance is possible there. The work of salvation in the spirit world consists of freeing spirits from what the scriptures frequently describe as bondage, and all in the spirit world are under some form of bondage. The righteous dead, who were in the state of peace as they anticipated the resurrection, had looked upon the long absence of their spirits from their bodies as a bondage. The wicked also suffer from additional bondage because of unrepented sins. They are in what the Apostle Peter referred to as spirit prison. These spirits are described as bound or as captives or as cast out into outer darkness with weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth as they await resurrection and judgment. Resurrection for all in the spirit world is assured by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, though it occurs at different times for different groups. Until that appointed time, or the scriptures tell us about activity in the spirit world principally concerns the work of salvation. So, we learn that all of the spirits that are waiting there don't have a body and are waiting to have one. And those who are in the spirit prison are being taught the gospel and are giving a chance to receive it and to be baptized. That's why we do um, temple work here on the earth. I like what... President Oaks shares is that we don't know a lot about the spirit world except from these verse, these two sections that we've studied. But he says, if you don't understand it, just trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto the, thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. He says, our only sure reliance is to trust in the Lord and his love for his children. I wanted to just kind of end with promising you that I know that Heavenly Father loves all of his children, which is why he provides a way for all of them to return to him. And our work here on earth that we can help with this great work is to go to the temple and to do the work for those who have gone on. I hope that you all have a fantastic week learning about this about the spirit world and about the plan of salvation and I hope that your children can feel the spirit that is had in these sections and that they can have hope in the world to come and, and feel the love of their Heavenly Father and see that he loves all of his children. I hope you're enjoying the Christmas season and getting ready and that all's going well. Um, you can check out some of my episodes of my mini-series that are out now and um, they're really great for kids and they tell stories and and compare some of the Christmas symbols to things that are gospel-related and can help them focus on Jesus Christ. So I hope you have a great week, and I will talk to you all next week. Mm -hmm.